And that was Windborne Singers singing Give Bernie Sanders Your Vote which you can find on YouTube at Windborne Music. It's W-I-N-D-B-O-R-N-E Music. And they are actually selling that song, and all proceeds are going to the Bernie Sanders campaign. And we will hear more from that song at the end of the program. Greetings and welcome back to Bernie 2016. This is an independent podcast established to follow and comment on Bernie Sanders' candidacy for President of the United States. This podcast is completely independent of any candidate, party, or PAC. You can find out more about Bernie 2016 at Bernie-2016.com. You can send me a message at BernieUS2016 at gmail.com or follow on Twitter at BernieUS2016. If you are a Flipboard user, follow my magazine in Flipboard called Bernie for President or check out the link to it on Bernie-2016.com. Thanks for listening. First story is from Andrew Briner on Think Progress. As a congressman in 1999, now Senator Bernie Sanders was the first member of Congress to lead seniors across the Canadian border to buy cheaper drugs. Now he wants to make that possible for all Americans. As a candidate for president, he has made the astronomical cost of prescription drugs a central point of his campaign. Now he's set to introduce a new bill to beef up the government's ability to keep prices down. The U.S. has some of the highest prescription drug prices and spending in the world, with much higher average yearly spending compared with Europeans or Canadians. In June, a prominent cancer doctor excoriated the pharmaceutical industry for, quote, the unsustainably high prices of cancer drugs, unquote which have been rising rapidly. Even with health insurance, American, Americans with cancer are twice as likely to go bankrupt from medical costs compared with those who don't have cancer. As a growing pro- problem with drug addiction has turned attention to the drug nalazone to reverse overdoses, its manufacturer, and faster pharmaceuticals raised the price by more than $1,100. 
even the prices of generic drugs have jumped a thousand percent. Sanders' bill would let Medicare negotiate with companies on drug costs, let people legally import cheaper drugs from Canada, cancel a company's government-backed monopoly on a drug if the company is, quote, found guilty of fraud in the manufacture or sale of that drug, and require pharmaceutical companies to report things like research and development costs. It would also stop drug companies from paying competitors off to keep them from developing far cheaper generic versions of drugs. Eventually, Sanders' proposal says, quote, Congress should uncouple research and development costs from drug prices by rewarding innovation with a prize. That's an idea that's been discussed by economists Dean Baker and Joseph Steiglitz as a way for the government to reward the development of successful new drugs by buying the patents and letting the drugs be sold as generics immediately. I think that's a great idea to help ensure that important drugs continue to be, you know, developed and researched um, so we can find new ways to treat ongoing health issues in our country. I'm on a couple of different medications, and one of those medications that I take is an injection that I take weekly, and one month's prescription of this injection can be upwards of $1,700. I'm fortunate that I have a pretty good health plan with prescription drug benefits, but that still lets, makes me lay out about $140 for a three-month supply of this particular medication. So I am definitely hearing Bernie Sanders and others who have supported this idea um, loudly and clearly on the issue of the price of drugs in the U.S. And uh, this story from a site that's uh, focused on different kinds of drugs, this story actually was on marijuana politics, and this is by marijuana politics staff, but isn't directly related to marijuana politics, but is uh, related to a poll in the state of Utah. Utah would seem to be fertile ground for GOP outsider Ben Carson, a religious soft-spoken neurosurgeon, but not Democratic Socialist Bernie Sanders, but both have surged ahead in the latest poll sanctioned by utahpolicy.com. The poll conducted by Dan Jones and Associates found Carson leading national frontrunner Donald Trump 18% to 12%, with former frontrunner Jeb Bush in third at 11 On the Democratic side, the progressive Sanders leads Democratic frontrunner Hillary Clinton 22 to 11%, with Joe Biden actually in second place with 16%. It will be interesting to see how the vice president's vote will be split up if he doesn't decide to enter the race. One would normally think that the more liberal Sanders would have a lead on his more moderate rivals in such a conservative state. 
sorry, it says one wouldn't normally think that the more liberal Sanders would have a lead on his more moderate rivals in such a conservative state. But the former first lady and secretary of state clearly has a lot of work to do to be competitive in the beehive state. So, uh, interesting poll, the first poll that I've seen come out of Utah. And on the Democratic side, the poll numbers overall are very low, with Sanders with 22% and Hillary at 11 and Biden at 16. You know, all told, just uh, adding up to, what, a little, or about 50% total. So, that means the... Um, Others in the race have split a portion of the remainder, and it sounds like there's a very large number of undecided in the race out in Utah. So a lot of room for that to swing in any direction. Next story um, is about another uh, conservative stronghold that uh, Sanders went to and gave a speech at. And this story is from Vox.com and is by Andrew Prokop. Throughout much of his presidential campaign, Bernie Sanders has been speaking to friendly liberal crowds. There's nothing unusual about that. It's the best way to win the Democratic primary. And it certainly helped him get get to the front of the polls in Iowa and New Hampshire. But Sanders' theory of change demands more than that. He wants to bring about a political revolution in which he mobilizes the American public to back an explicit, full-on challenge to the power of billionaires and corporate interests. He believes his focus on economic and political inequality will appeal to both apathetic non-voters and traditionally Republican constituencies. Only with such broad support, he argues, does he have a shot at passing his agenda. So Sanders put that theory to the test when he spoke at the convocation of Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Founded by the late Reverend Jerry Falwell, Liberty is the largest evangelical Christian university in the world and known as a hotbed of conservative activism. There, Sanders made the case that these religious and Republican Christians should look past their disagreements with him on abortion and same-sex marriage and give his economic agenda a chance. Here was his pitch. Quote, Let me respectfully suggest that there are other issues out there that are of enormous consequence to our country and the world and that maybe, just maybe, we don't disagree on them. And maybe, just maybe, We can work together in trying to resolve them. Sanders tried to win over evangelicals with a religious and moral case for fighting poverty and inequality. Most of his speech was familiar. He cited his usual blizzard of statistics on economic inequality, as he's been doing on the campaign trail for months. But his framing was quite different. More explicitly than usual, Sanders argued that his economic agenda was the only truly moral one. Indeed, he kept pressing the evangelical audience to put the Bible's teaching on poverty into action and to re-examine their own political preconceptions. 
Quote, I want you to go into your hearts, Sanders said. Millions of people in this country are working long hours for abysmally low wages, he added. You have got to think about the morality of that, the justice of that. He went on, are you content? Do you think it's moral that 20% of the children in this country, the wealthiest country in the history of the world, are living in poverty? Do you think it's acceptable that 40% of African American children are living in poverty? In my view, there is no justice, and morality suffers when in our wealthy country millions of children go to bed hungry. That is not morality. I think when we talk about morality, what we are talking about is all of God's children, the poor, the wretched, they have a right to go to a doctor when they are sick. And Sanders, again, gave a significant portion of what has become his standard stump speech, but definitely, you know, with the emphasis and focus of his audience at Liberty University in mind. Protecting the vulnerable, I think our students were more passionate about that, sir, than any other thing. The questions that they wanted to know went way beyond just uh, wealth inequality, went way beyond. We, we certainly had those kind of things. But uh, on protecting the vulnerable, this was probably the number one uh, type of question that we got here, uh, Senator. Senator Sanders, you've talked in your campaign about how it is immoral to protect the billionaire class at the expense of our most vulnerable in society, obviously children. Uh, you just mentioned that even in your talk with us um, earlier. A majority of Christians would agree with you, but what, uh, but here's the question. A majority of Christians would agree with you, but would also go further and say that children in the womb need our protection even more. How, hold on. How, how do you reconcile So the question, sir, is obviously there. You can see this is what they want to ask. Well, this is what's on there. How do you reconcile the two? And, and again, I, I know that you have a different view. I, I know that uh, you, sir, and, and I don't have to be eye to eye on it. But I, I sense a real sincerity in you in wanting to see our children protected. You, you, can you see, sir, how we see the child in the womb as the most vulnerable that needs protection? I do understand. Yes, sir. But I do also understand, I understand this is an area where we disagree. I do understand and I do believe that it is improper for the United States government or state government to tell every woman in this country the very painful and difficult choice that she has to make on that issue. And I honestly don't want to be too provocative here. But very often conservatives say, you know, get the government out of my life. I don't want the government telling me what to do. But on this very sensitive issue, of which this nation is divided, a lot of people agree with you, a lot of people agree with me. But my view is, I respect absolutely a family that says, no, we are not going to have an abortion. I understand that. I respect that. But I would hope that other people respect the very painful and difficult choice that many women feel they have to make and don't want the government telling them what they have to do. 
I want to take that question a step further, David. Please. We do disagree on that issue. No ifs and buts about it. I respect your point of view. I hope you'll respect my point of view. But here is where I hope we have common ground. Now, I've not tried to be partisan during my remarks. I have not. But I'm going to be partisan for a moment because I want to lay this on your shoulders. I am the ranking member of the U.S. Senate Budget Committee. That means I lead the Democrats in opposition. Republicans control the House and the Senate. Now, I want to tell you what was in the Republican budget that passed a number of months ago. Check it out. You think I'm not telling you the truth. When you talk about issues of children, understand Republican budget threw 27 million people off of health care, including many children. At a time when many families cannot afford to send their kids to college. And I am running on a program, by the way, that says every public college and university in America should be tuition free. But at a time when families cannot afford to send their kids to college, Republican budget cut $90 billion in Pell Grants over a 10-year period. At a time when children in America are going hungry, Republican budget cut billions of dollars in nutrition programs, including money for the WIC program, which goes to low-income pregnant women and their babies. And to add insult to injury in that budget, the Republicans provided over $250 billion over a 10-year period in tax breaks to the top two-tenths of one percent. I don't think that is a moral budget. This particular story is from Reuters and don't see an author here. Um, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is gaining fast on front runner Hillary Clinton in the Democratic presidential race and has moved within single digits of her for the first time of Reuters Ipsos opinion poll showed on Friday. Clinton leads Sanders nationally among Democrats by eight percentage points, 39 to 31%, her smallest cushion since the nominating battle began for the November 2016 election. She led Sanders by 20 percentage points in the online poll a week ago. Clinton's support among Democrats has steadily eroded for weeks amid questions about her use of private email server while she was Secretary of State. Her support was at 45% one week ago. Sanders has galvanized the party's left-leaning activists and primary voters and taken advantage of what other polls show are Clinton's declining ratings on honesty and trustworthiness to surge into contention. He was at 25% support in the rolling five-day Reuters-Ipsos poll a week ago. And another poll, or another story on the same poll. Uh, on the heels of CNN poll showing that he's just 10 points behind Democratic frontrunner Hillary Clinton in national polls, a new Reuters poll has Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders trailing by just eight points. This is an amazing shift in voter sentiment as Clinton has been handily beating Sanders in national polls, even as the anti-establishment candidate has made great strides in the early states of Iowa and New Hampshire. 
So another comment on this poll that's showing Sanders only 8% behind Hillary nationally. Uh, there was a poll that came out just today, which was uh, loudly trumpeted in the headlines as Hillary surging, um, where that gap has widened and Sanders' numbers aren't as high as these polls from a couple weeks ago. So, as I said, the it is early, and the poll numbers will shift back and forth. Um, Huffington Post does a pretty good job aggregating a variety of polls and giving a, like an average number. Um, so I think that's a more likely or, or more closely accurate picture of the results as they stand at any particular time by just taking a number of different polls and averaging them out. I think you get in some ways a better sense of where that that middle lies. Um, Sanders, uh, a week or two ago now, went to South Carolina. And at those events with him in South Carolina was Cornell West. So this story is from WashingtonPost.com. And if you're looking for good and accurate stories on Bernie Sanders, one of the best resources out there in the commercial media is John Wagner in the Washington Post. I think um, a lot of the stories that I read that are written by John Wagner have really been well-balanced and thoughtful pieces. So I think he is one of the best uh, reporters out there that is covering the Bernie Sanders campaign. So this story was written by John Wagner and Vanessa Williams. As Bernie Sanders sought to broaden his exposure Saturday in the first presidential primary state in the South, he was joined by a controversial traveling companion, Cornell West, an African-American academic who has been highly critical of President Obama. West introduced Sanders to a racially mixed crowd of almost 1,000 people in the gymnasium of Benedict College, a historically black institution, as someone who could unite the country across racial lines and bridge other divisions. Quote, what I love about Brother Bernie is he's a brother of integrity and honesty and decency, said West, a prolific author and civil rights activist who is now a professor of philosophy and Christian practice at the Union Theological Seminary in New York. Quote, he's not just on the move, he's going to win. West, whom Sanders referred to as my dear friend and embraced on stage, joined the Vermont senator at two more events Saturday in South Carolina, where black voters could account for about half of those casting ballots in next year's presidential primary. The final event of the day, held on the campus of Winthrop University in Rock Hill, drew nearly 3,000 people, according to university officials. Sanders, who represents a state that is about 95% white, has acknowledged that he faces a challenge in getting to know minority voters who could be the key to his fate after the first two Democratic nominating contests in predominantly white Iowa and New Hampshire. Recent polls have shown Sanders leading Hillary Rodden Clinton in New Hampshire and either closing in or in a dead heat with her in Iowa, 
And this was actually written before the polls that showed Sanders picking up the lead in Iowa. West, a professor emeritus at Princeton University, was once a popular thought leader among African Americans, but his standing has been questioned more recently because of his harsh tone in criticizing Obama. So it's, you know, I think it's clear from West and his position that he's not necessarily universally loved, even in the black community. Um, and, and the black community is not a monolith. You know, there are many in the black community that support Bernie Sanders. There's many who, who question him and want to hear more from him. There's many who don't know him at all. And there are many who know about him and don't like him. I mean, to, to believe that the black community or any community is monolithic and votes as a block, um, I think is just, you know, not accurate. I think that, that as far as a general direction goes, um, I think that you can absolutely see from the polling that African Americans vote Democratic much more than they vote Republican. But that's still, you know, there's still a portion of the black community that will vote Republican as well. You know, um, a lot of conservatives like to point out, and I think it's uh, it's not an inaccurate representation, that the Republican field, which is quite large, um, is more diverse um, with ethnicity in particular um, than the Democratic field. Uh, the Democratic field is all white, um, with one woman running and the rest men. Uh, the Republican field also has a woman running, um, but also has an African American and some Hispanic individuals running. And I don't know the background of every, everyone running. Um, uh, Bobby Jindal is running who ha is, um, of Indian descent. So there's a lot more racial and ethnic diversity on the Republican side right now, which is a really interesting turn of events um, in the Republican Party, which, you know, when I was much younger, um, was, I think, far less open to the diversity that we're seeing over there right now. So here is a story from today.yougov.com. Sanders up big in New Hampshire and Iowa. The first wave of the YouGov CBS News Battleground Tracker pulled primary and caucus voters from both parties in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. Hillary Clinton's deficit among likely Democratic primary voters in New Hampshire has grown to more than 20 points, while her lead over Bernie Sanders among likely caucus voters in Iowa has been reversed, according to the first wave of the YouGov CBS News 2016 battleground tracker. Clinton remains ahead in South Carolina, where Joe Biden also makes a strong showing. 
The poll finds Senator Sanders with 52% support among Democratic primary voters in New Hampshire, while former Secretary of State Clinton, long considered the frontrunner for the 2016 Democratic nomination, receives 30%. Recent polls have shown Sanders' lead growing in the Granite State, but this would be the first to show the Vermont senator over 50%. Possibly more worrying for the Clinton campaign is her performance in Iowa, where Sanders now leads by 10 points, with 43% to Clinton's 33%. Until recently, Clinton had retained an edge in Iowa, the other first-in-the-nation voting state, along with New Hampshire. A recent CNC-ORC poll found the pair tied among likely Iowa caucus voters. I think this uh, shows the support for Sanders' ideas. The more people, the more Democrats that learn about Sanders and start to listen to Sanders and find out what he stands for and what he wants to fight for, I think that will just generate more and more support on the Democratic side. When we take a look at South Carolina, Vice President Joe Biden, who is rumored to be considering a run for the White House in 2016, receives 10% support from Democrats in Iowa and 9 in New Hampshire, placing him third in both states. Biden's best performance is in South Carolina, where he has the backing of 22% of Democratic primary voters, matching Sanders' 23%. Yet Clinton remains firmly in the lead there with 46% support. So a little bit of detail about the some of the poll numbers um, that were seen recently in New Hampshire, Iowa, and South Carolina. This story from opednews.com, and this is actually written by Bernie Sanders. And it's titled, War Should Be the Last Option, Why I Support the Iran Nuclear Deal. I support the agreement that the United States negotiated with China, France, Germany, Russia, and the United Kingdom, and Iran. I believe this approach is the best way forward if we are to accomplish what we all want to accomplish. That is, making certain that Iran does not acquire a nuclear weapon, an occurrence which would destabilize the region lead to a nuclear arms race in the area, and would endanger the existence of Israel. It is my firm belief that the test of a great nation, with the most powerful military on earth, is not how many wars we can engage in, but how we can use our strength and our capabilities to resolve international conflicts in a peaceful way. Those who have spoken out against this agreement, including many in this chamber, and those who have made every effort to thwart the diplomatic process are many of the same people who spoke out forcefully and irresponsibly about the need to go to war with Iraq. One of the worst foreign policy blunders in the modern history of our country. Sadly, people like former Vice President Dick Cheney and many of the other neocons who pushed us to war in Iraq were not only tragically wrong then, they are wrong now. Unfortunately, these individuals have learned nothing from the results of that disastrous policy and how it destabilized the entire region. I fear that many of my Republican colleagues do not understand that war must be a last resort, not the first resort. It is easy to go to war. It is not so easy to comprehend the unintended consequences of that war. 
And this piece goes on, so I definitely recommend that you check out a story titled War Should Be the Last Option, Why I Support the Iran Nuclear Deal by Bernie Sanders. There are many people around the country that are doing a variety of things for the Bernie Sanders campaign that are not part of the Bernie Sanders campaign. I'm producing this podcast. There are at least three other podcasts out there. So if you uh, enjoy listening to podcasts, definitely look for those. One is called Bernie Cast. One is called What Would Bernie Do? And the last one I just came across, and I'm not sure exactly off the top of my head what it's called. It is something like Looking for Bernie Sanders, something along those lines. Um, So that is one way that some of us are reaching out to um, provide information about the Bernie Sanders campaign. There are many other things. There are people producing t-shirts there, and I'll talk about that a little more later. There are people that are running websites that are tweeting uh, very, very frequently, um, and really just trying to spread the word, um, for Bernie Sanders. You know, the magazine that I, um, manage on Flipboard has, I don't know, thousands of articles that I've, uh, saved in there, um, over, over the last, uh, several months, well, probably over the last three or four months, um, since I heard that Bernie was running. So there's a, a lot of good stuff going on out there, a lot of grassroots efforts um, that are underway to really, you know, provide the, to really fill in the gap. The corporate media, the commercial media is not focused on the Sanders campaign. It's starting to improve. Um, and Sanders, the, the Sunday talk shows have been a pretty good place to find Sanders weekly. Um, but the major newspapers, while they've run stories in the past, they have been heavily tilted towards Hillary in, in the Democratic side and towards the Republicans in general, uh, with especially large focus on Donald Trump. Um, but As I said, there's a lot of great grassroots things going on out there for Sanders that are really, you know, taking the place of that commercial media. The upside is there is plenty of information out there if you look for it. The downside is you have to look for it. Um, You know, the commercial media is out there and it's what still the majority of America tunes into, at least from time to time to find out news of what's going on and news of what those news outlets feel is important. So if they don't see and hear about Bernie Sanders, then they won't know about Bernie Sanders, won't be particularly interested in what Bernie has to say, and will, you know, go along their merry way without a second thought on Sanders. So this story was actually uh, in the New York Times. So, you know, while the coverage is lower for Sanders, it's certainly not non-existent. But this particular story isn't about Sanders himself. 
but this story is by Nick Corsanidi, and it is called Legion of Tech Volunteers Lead a Charge for Bernie Sanders. And again, from the New York Times. Dawn crept into Daniela Perdomo's Brooklyn apartment, her bleary eyes still focused on her bright computer screen. The founder of a nearly three-year-old communications startup, she had been up all night again, orchestrating the work of more than 100 other developers, web designers, researchers, and writers. But they were not working for Ms. Perdomo's company. They were not even being paid. Instead, the all-night sessions were devoted to the August 12 unveiling of feeltheburn.org, a website they created to explain Bernie Sanders' positions on the issues in the 2016 presidential campaign. Throughout the summer, a largely unseen legion of technology professionals across the country, software developers and designers, product managers, and more, has been moonlighting online on Mr. Sanders' behalf. The participants have been applying their innovative, no, their initiative, creativity, organizational skills, and above all, technical prowess in their off hours to support an underdog candidate who has been more than grateful for the help. They've built interactive maps of campaign events and are working on an automated flyer generator to spit out polished promotional materials with a few clicks. They have set up an app to let volunteers and staff members at Mr. Sanders' huge rallies use iPads to collect donations by swiping supporters' credit cards. They have pioneered a tool to pair volunteers with lists of voters to call, automating what otherwise requires many paid campaign workers, and they have built dozens of websites for the supporters of Mr. Sanders, the independent senator from Vermont, like Ms. Perdomo's. Like so many online Minutemen, they have given Mr. Sanders an enormous lift in his campaign for the Democratic nomination, but this is no ragtag militia. The people who have enlisted include top-flight digital talent. Quote, It really blows me away, Mr. Sanders said of the coders donating their services. The volunteers we've mobilized all over this country, especially all the young people, are helping our campaign move to the next level. And two things, the story goes on uh, much more information about what's going on behind the scenes with um, independent individuals, people directly uh, supporting the Bernie Sanders campaign, or people building their own information resources that support the campaign and get the message out as well. Um President Obama was lauded for his ability to use online resources and really use that outreach um, for people supporting his campaign. And I think Bernie Sanders really has a leg up in this area as well. He has been very active on uh, Twitter and Facebook and has a pretty strong following, had a pretty strong following as senator and has really just carried that focus forward as president. The second thing that I mentioned earlier in the article was feeltheburn.org. This is a really, really well-designed and really good information resource on Bernie and what Bernie's positions have been on the issues. And it's not only limited to the specific issues that Bernie has made his kind of uh, 
platform for his campaign, but goes into other issues. It goes into foreign policy and it goes into animal rights and it goes into other issues that people are interested in finding out, you know, where does Bernie stand? What, what are some of the things he has said about this issue in the past? What are some of the pieces of legislation that he has voted on in regards to this issue in the past? So, um, feeltheburn.org is a really, really good resource for more detail on Bernie Sanders and where he stands. And HuffingtonPost.com had an article, and I don't see the author of this article. Aha, uh-huh, it was hidden behind this pop-up. Um, Marina Fang wrote this article in HuffingtonPost.com. Senator Bernie Sanders on Thursday offered a striking rebuttal to criticisms of his anti-war views, saying that he is opposed to war because of its lasting physical and mental toll on America's veterans. Quote, war should, in my view, be the last resort of a great nation. We should explore every other option. And I know that opens up the political types. Oh, you're wimpy. You don't want to go to war. Well, I don't accept that. I've talked to too many people who came home without legs, without eyesight, with traumatic brain injury, he said in an interview with the Des Moines Register. The Democratic presidential hopeful has long opposed war. As an activist, he protested the Vietnam War, and as a congressman, he railed against the Iraq War. But Sanders also cares deeply for military veterans and has spent much of his legislative career fighting for better health care, jobs, and educational opportunities for veterans. As a chairman of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee last year, he brokered a bipartisan deal to pass a bill allocating $17 billion to reform the VA health care system and reduce backlogs at VA hospitals. On Thursday, Sanders also defended the Iran nuclear deal, criticizing opponents of the deal who say the United States should just impose more economic sanctions. And I mentioned his um, statement on the Iran nuclear deal earlier. So as I mentioned, um, there are a lot of people out there doing a lot of different things to try to raise awareness of Bernie. So one of those things I did um, in addition to this podcast and the Flipboard magazine that I manage is I, you know, thought one day of a t-shirt design and actually had some help from my wife who, you know, in a semi-serious way called me an SOB. And I thought about it for a few seconds, a few seconds too long to really have it be a witty retort. And I said, oh, you mean I'm a supporter of Bernie? And so that clicked with me. So I uh, created a t-shirt design and looked around for somewhere that I could get that out there and made available to the public and came across Teespring, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G, where you can submit a design. And it will be 
available for a limited amount of time. Um, and if enough of those uh, designs sell, then they will actually print those. They print their their prints are one-offs. They're they're print on demand, so they're not printing a big stock of product that now has to be managed and sold. They're collecting orders for that particular item. And then at a certain time, they will print those out and distribute them. So if you have any interest, you can go and take a look at that design on Teespring. It's called Another Supporter of Bernie. And the graphic appears to say another SOB with a little asterisk. And then down at the bottom says supporter of Bernie. And inside the big O is a lot of what Bernie stands for. Living wage, racial justice, single payer health care, fight income inequality, big money out of politics, etc. So uh, just a fun design that I decided to put together as a little test to see if there was any kind of interest there. And there's been a little bit of interest there. Um, it's available as a t-shirt for $20 or as a hooded sweatshirt for $34.99. And that's at teespring.com. It's available for a limited time. Uh, I think it's only available about another week. So if you're listening to this you know, um, more than a week out from when I make it available, it may or may not still be available. Um, but they do on their site bring back designs if there is sufficient interest in them. The designs, even when the um, time period expires, you can still take a look at the designs. And if enough people um, want an expired design, they will go ahead and print some more. So if you have any interest in that, go and check that out and uh, support Bernie with a little tongue-in-cheek message to uh, those people who think that anybody who supports Bernie is an SOB. Tell them I sure am. From BusinessInsider.com by Maxwell Tani. Senator Bernie Sanders has a solid lead over former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton in New Hampshire's Democratic primary, a new poll shows. The NBC Mars College poll found that if the primary were held today, Sanders would capture 41% of New Hampshire voters, while Clinton would get 32%. The poll also includes Vice President Joe Biden, who is currently mulling entering the race. He would grab 16% of the vote. Sanders leads slightly higher than a public policy polling poll conducted in mid-August that found Sanders with 7% of the lead. So there have been f about five or six straight um, polls in New Hampshire that show Sanders with a lead anywhere from about 7% up to about 20% um, in New Hampshire. So, you know, the polls do vary. And we'll, we'll go up and down um, over the next few months before the voting starts. But I think seeing, you know, several polls in a row in New Hampshire showing Sanders with a significant lead, I think uh, makes it pretty clear that the general direction of the race in New Hampshire 
is um, in Sanders' favor at this point in time. And this story from AccidentalSocialist.com. Growing evidence that Bernie is closing the gap with non-white voters. And don't see a specific author of this piece listed. So we know that Bernie is closing the gap in Iowa according to this poll, which is linked, and this one, which is also linked. And he leads Clinton in three separate polls in New Hampshire, but those are all heavily white states. If you have spent any time listening to Hillary Clinton's apologists, they will be eager to point out to you how Bernie Sanders is getting next to no traction with non-white voters. Hell, even Nate Silver has been hawking that as a reason why Bernie has no chance of being the Democratic nominee. Bernie, however, just keeps doing what he has been doing all along, which is surprise everyone who has underestimated him. After campaigning down south, we are receiving a report of a poll from the great state of Georgia, where the Democratic electorate is majority non-white. Although on the surface, it doesn't seem particularly good news for Sanders. He is trailing Hillary 51 to 24, which is slightly worse than the overall national polling. Breaking it down by ethnic group reveals that Bernie is now no longer in single digits among black voters. He is now at 19% with them. And get this, he is leading Clinton among Latinos, 43 to 35. I wouldn't make too big a deal about that last one because the sample of Latinos in Georgia is still small, at least when it comes to them being in the Democratic Party's primary electorate. But the fact that he is getting such a large chunk of Latino voters and making inroads among black voters shows that I have been right about what I was saying all along. Don't listen to corporate media or talking heads who either outright say or subtly imply that non-white voters don't like Bernie. That is simply not true. They don't vote for him because they still don't know him. And as Bernie's exposure among them grows, so will his support. Hillary Clinton is not going to have some sort of firewall in Nevada's Latino electorate any more than she will have it among the South Carolina's black voters. So, interesting, there's definitely some uh, polling data that shows that more people in the African-American community are hearing about Bernie and finding out more information about Bernie, and a good chunk of them are becoming supporters of Bernie Sanders. I think one of the earlier polls showed Bernie's support among the black voters in the 2 to 3% range. So a poll showing him at 19% is clearly showing some significant growth. So looking forward to seeing that growth continue and get even stronger. And this from iowastartingline.com. Bernie Sanders' revolution spreads outside the big cities. 
The sun had begun to drop behind a picturesque Iowa cornfield as Bernie Sanders took to the stage at a rally in Burlington on Thursday. By the time he was finished, it was pitch black outside. His voice turned scratchy by the end of the day, and his Brooklyn accent got thicker as the night went on, shouting out multiple huge speeches and agendas. The microphone went out at one point, and sweat marks that began as small circles on his chest eventually drenched his entire shirt on the incredibly muggy night. None of it seemed to have any effect on his enthusiasm, as he gave one of his most amped up Sternwinders, sorry, Stemwinders, for well over an hour. This was a pretty, pretty amazing speech to watch. Um, you know, the the great thing about the internet age that we are in now is most of Sanders' appearances can be found and can be watched live or rebroadcast shortly after when someone posts the video that they took at the event. Um, there's a great group. Uh, you think you can find them at Bernie. Ooh, I think there's, I don't know if there's two different organizations or there's one using two different sites. I have seen feel the burn TV and I've seen Bernie 2016 And, uh, like I said, I, I apologize for not knowing if these are two unique sites or if these are the same group of people with with two different uh, ways to get to them. But the one I see most often listed as Bernie 2016 TV um, does a really, really good job. Almost every event that Bernie is at, they have some people kind of in studio and they scour the internet for um, live feeds from those events and they rebroadcast them. So you can find them on YouTube um, and you can search for them on Twitter as well. And let's see if I can possibly look them up on Twitter while I podcast, which is going to be a bit of a feat to multitask in this way, but uh, let me see what I can find here, if I can get to the search and look for uh, let me find feel the burn dot TV and see what comes up and nothing came up so let me look for Bernie 2016. And maybe it helps if I... Bernie 2016TV. Uh, yeah, this is it. So if you go to Twitter at Bernie2016TV, um, that is a site that shows a lot of live Bernie Sanders events. And let me just take a look at one of their most recent um, tweets and see what's going on. And I can actually play the video right now. 
and see what they're talking about. So they're right now they're in studio, so they're not showing at this moment that I record um, uh, Bernie at a live event, but they're often either talking to someone about Bernie or, you know, doing kind of a, a pre-show and post-show for Bernie speeches. So definitely check out that resource as well. Again, um, you know, this is not the Bernie Sanders campaign that's doing this. This is, this is again, the grassroots. It's people who support Bernie and who want to get the message that Bernie is um, supporting and Bernie is promoting out there on the campaign trail out to more and more people. So I can sit here, you know, probably three or four nights in the week, you know, no matter where Bernie is and, and what Bernie's doing and whom Bernie is giving a speech to. And I can check in there and they'll either be playing um, a live event that Bernie is conducting or they'll be, you know, diving into their own archives or, you know, YouTube videos featuring Bernie, you know, sometimes on the floor of the Senate, other times out at other events. So another really fantastic resource for finding out more about Bernie Sanders. So that will cover uh, the stories that I had this week to talk about um, on Bernie Sanders and his campaign for President of the United States. You can find out more about Bernie 2016, this podcast, at Bernie-2016.com. You can send me a message at BernieUS2016 at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at BernieUS2016. And as we heard at the beginning of this episode, we heard the Windborn Singers singing, Bernie San- singing Give Bernie Sanders Your Vote. And we are going to hear them now again on the way out. You can find them on YouTube at Windborn Music. Thanks a lot but for listening. If he's gonna win, well, we gotta all pitch in. Gotta get up and make a stand. So help him get the vote. You can donate. Get a tote. Make a song about him with your band. You gotta get ready for election day. Give Bernie Sanders a hand. Give Bernie Sanders your vote. Give Bernie Sanders your vote. Give him your vote. Healthcare, education, clean energy are gonna keep this country afloat. He works for the people and not the billionaires. Gotta make him pay for what they grow. You gotta get ready for election day. Give Bernie Sanders your vote. Get ready for election day. Give Bernie Sanders your